Bam. 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 We're live. Unfortunately, this one's probably going to be super. No, 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 no. Gotta have both. It, 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 listen. You guys go over there and stay over there and watch the CrossFit Games. This is for people who care about their health. The show will be. You can go back and watch this one. You guys do what you gotta do. But this is gonna be a good one if this dude shows up. Dr. Stanton Hom. The more I look into this guy, the more and more I agree with him. I wish if this is the kind of dude you want as your neighbor. A neighbor. Neighbor. That's I'd awesome. Love, I'd love to have you as a neighbor. I'd love to be a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to find we're trying to we're trying to buy a house. And we're like, who are gonna be? Who are our neighbors gonna be? Are you staying in San Diego? We're we're that's that's the plan now. That's okay. The plan now we have no okay. great great place. Yet. If I, if I had uh, people always ask me if I had a uh, um, it, well, not always ask me, but when the discussion comes up, if I had endless money, where would I go? And I'd probably choose somewhere like Encinitas or La Jolla. So b- because you know you have the beach there, and then you have um just the best violin teacher in the world, the best physicist in the world, the best holistic, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you have the best everyone in the world there, plus the weather. And when I say the best, I mean, there's best, the best in every, you know, every town has the best, but man, San Diego is amazing. San Diego, San Diego can't be beat in the, in the continental U S I would say San Diego can't be. And, um, I mean, just, just the work that we've been doing over the last two years, for sure. It's also very inspiring as well. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy being in California for many reasons, um, but especially in the last two years, we definitely have found our community, which I was talking, which I'm glad you mentioned neighbors. Cause that's what we're thinking about too. Like- um, I, and I am in Santa Cruz and I have oh, a, right a ton of resources and I have money, but I'm talking about like, like real money. I'm talking like, uh, you, you know, you got 5 mil in the bank and you're making a million a year. That's mm-hmm. that, that, that. Then you could really, and, and I know some of you are like, what, but, but that's kind of like what you need to like really take advantage of La Jolla. It's, it's. It it's is insane. One, yeah. One of my patients told me he is, he, he's a realtor. He said three bedroom, 1500 square feet, 3 million is what he yeah. is in La Jolla, La Jolla Shores. Right. It's crazy. In, in Santa Cruz, it, it's $4,500 to rent a two bedroom house. If you want a small backyard with a place to park your car, 4,500 a month yeah. to rent. Some of my, yeah. I feel sorry for some of my friends. My brother's neighborhood. That's what it is right now. He's in Encinitas. He's a mile off of the five. Their homes there are between 800 and 1200 square feet and it's around four grand. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Amazing. Amazing. I apologize. It's all good, man. Honey, if you're watching, that was the skateboard instructor. Call him. Maybe he wants to come over. Okay, fine. Fine. This is how we do it. It's my show. I could do what I want. Derek. Hi, we're live on the podcast. How can I help you? Nice. I get to be on your podcast. I'm yes. Close. Hey, can you call my wife? Um, she's getting ready to take the boys to the beach, possibly, but I'm right in the middle with the great Dr. Stanton Hom. Oh, shit. Tell him I said hi. I will. Uh, Skateboarding, man. Okay. Thanks. Love you, buddy. Bye. Bye. There's only, I had the uh, author of, um, he's written 35 books. His name is Ben Mesrick, and he's the author of that, um, uh, uh um, the the movie about mark zuckerberg um social network social network yes and he's he's a he's a big shot and my phone rang and i knew that the ups guy was delivering some i'm like hold on a second and we're live too right and 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 i just his i mean he was great he took it like a champ right but it's always kind of a test when you do that for your guests it's like oh shit this is getting weird 
I love that. I know you're a father. I know well, you. I am. I, I, no, that's the thing is like my kids asleep there. I got kicked out of my home office because we have a new one that's upstairs. You got to shift all the rooms and and now I'm, I'm right here. I'm about to get a logo back here for our podcast. And, you know, you just got to shift and move. That's how, yes. that's how it works. Uh, yes. Uh, Dan, he also wrote Accidental Billionaires. Yep. Great book. Mm. I have this whole list of things to talk to you about. Uh, you are an amazing man. But while I was in the shower just now. Got to be on your mind in the shower, you know? That's how it works sometimes. Th- this is an idea that's been percolating for a while. I, I think what's happening to our to human beings is that we're splitting. Hmm. And there's those of us who are so healthy. Sorry. I don't, I don't know if so healthy. We're only so healthy compared to the other one. There's those of us who are so normal. That we know every time we get sick, we know that walking barefoot, we know that not vaccinating our kids, we know that eating carrots just by washing them and using maybe just like a a brush instead of a peeler, we know that those sicknesses and those things make us stronger. We get to a point where we start to become aware that the things in society that are supposed to make us better, and this is why I thought of it in the shower, like the Dove Bar is actually choking off my sperm. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know that, but like that's the, you know, that's the Joe Rogan talk. And, and so we start to push away from that. We're not using Tide anymore. We're showering less. We're not washing our hair. And we're starting to have more and more faith in our NK cells, our T cells. And, and we're, we're really, our whole mindset is shifting. It, it should. It has to. And it has to quick. And this other side is going the opposite way. Yeah, man. And they can't even imagine what it's like to be normal. They're like someone who drives a bicycle and we're all in Ferraris. And they can't even the, – the, they, they think it's crazy that we would have roads where you can go 55 miles an hour. Right. Uh, are, are, is this uh, – I don't mean to be just a Debbie Downer, but are, is this just a lost cause? Are we ever – do we just have to wait till they all die? Like what, what's going to happen? You know, I, I'm I, 50 and I've never been on medications. I have two five-year-olds and a seven-year-old and I listen to you. I'm like, whoa, it's like you taught me how to raise my kids. They, they, I wouldn't let my kids be born in a hospital for, a, it's the most dangerous place to have a kid. Why would I want my kids born on sheets that are bleached? And that's right. the first thing they smell. My kids never, we never bathed our kids after they were born. They don't wear yeah. shoes. They don't like, until they, until they hurt their foot skateboarding. And then they're like, Hey, can I get a pair of shoes? I'm like, no problem. We'll get you a pair. And what's crazy is, is, is it ain't. Any, like you said the word, you said the word normal. Yeah. I'm not a weirdo. I swear to God, I'm not like, I want medicine to be, I I want the vaccines to work. It's just not the better way to go. Right. Right. I want a doctor only after doctor, uh, a doctor Stanton Hom and I get in a fight in the parking lot and he punches me out and I go unconscious. Then I need a doctor. I don't need one when I'm healthy. Right. But but that's the thing, right? And that, and that's the thing of of say leave like like the the style of practice that we have we have a we have a prenatal and pediatric chiropractic practice and we are one of sixty two that have received like the highest distinction of clinical and acad- kind of like clinical care for families. I have to we, slow you down right there. Yeah. Pre, tell us what prenatal and pediatric care is, please. Sorry. Prenatal chiropractic care. Well, I'll I'll make it obvious because you're because I, I didn't do a ton of research on you, but you're you're cross. CrossFit guy, right? Yep. Like, yep. So yep. CrossFit's all about function, right? And functional movement, fun- primal movement patterns. And so when I do an exam for a mom and we do a full assessment, like we'll just say, here's your pelvis, right? Your pelvis is supposed to be here. It's supposed to be fully mobile, 
and it's supposed to have no kind of weird unleveling or distortion. And yours is there and it doesn't move normally. And so imagine this being real estate for baby where inside, whether it's pelvic floor or it's uterine, you know, uh, uterine symmetry, or it's even just round ligament, soft tissue, all the different connective tissue that goes into that area. Imagine what posture your baby would be able to get into if your pelvis is here when it's supposed to be there. Right. And, and it's, that's largely simplistic for, for, for what we actually do. But yesterday we had a mom who had a successful, like across the board, a successful, amazing home or not home birth, birth center burst. And she came and she was like, I want to know about home birth. And I said, yeah, let's talk about that because she wants to get even further down the line of normal right? Because having somebody attend your birth in a place that's not your home from a microbiome perspective, from an epigenetic environmental perspective, isn't as normal as being at home, right? And so she's going from an, from a, from a conventional standpoint, an optimal unheard of birthing experience to up level into that next level. And I said, you got some work to do because of what we measured and because what we actually look for. And so we look for clinical signs. We look for functional signs that are what, you know, conventional medicine would say subclinical. You have no symptoms. You have no issues. You have nothing going on. You already had a great birth, but you want to take it to that next level. Here are the things that you're going to need to know and do so that you can take it to that next level. And, and this is without cue, my staff, my team who aren't chiropractors, but are, um, now in our field, they, we will have a baby referred to us and we will have a baby that is born through our practice and the care that we provide. And they say, and I don't prompt them. I say, what's the difference? And they're like, it's, it's night and day. It's night and day where colic, reflux, breastfeeding issues, no sleeping, uh, totally un, un, um, unconsolable crying sometimes. And then our baby's like, we just don't have those experiences for our parents and moms postpartum and the babies. And that's what prenatal chiropractic care is like, how do you get the system, the nervous system of mom to adapt optimally so that when they go into the most transformative, rigorous, traumatic experience of their lives, that their nervous system is prepared to navigate them through that structure, obviously neurostructural system as well. And I mean, Essentially, those who practice like me, we can hang our hats on the wall and say, it's all about outcomes. Our birthing experiences, even if people choose the conventional medical model, even if they choose it, they're going to choose it consciously and they're going to choose it with full awareness, which is very different than being forced to do it. And our outcomes are dramatically different. And that's prenatal chiropractic care. How do you help mom have the most optimal prenatal birth and postpartum experience? I, I I like that. Uh, what, what you refer to it as, it's sort of the real estate where the baby um, is created, grown, and then birthed from. You make sure within your skill set that you take care of that real estate. You prep it. You care for it during it. You give the mom the tools, and then and then and then the pediatric part is that um, you take care of the baby also for you watch the baby for yeah, a while absolutely. also, and the mom together as a as a unit, right? And so so we typically. Um, Every mom who comes into us, whether they choose us, you know, for their practitioner or not, we offer our infant exam complimentary. One, because 
It is not my research. It is not chiropractic research. It is documented for multiple, uh, almost multiple centuries now, that birth is traumatic in its most peaceful settings. It's documented. It's traumatic. For mom or baby? For both. But no one checks, right? No one checks for baby. Where traction forces on a baby's neck, just at some point, like look it up, YouTube C-section delivery, YouTube traction forces on a baby's neck, and it's upwards of 60 to 90 pounds of pressure on a baby's neck, sometimes in rotation, sometimes lateral flexing. And that baby's neck, if you or I did that as dad, after baby came, they would call CPS. Like the level of force that's allowed medically on a baby's neck is astronomical. And baby came in yesterday with delays, significant motor delays. And I asked the question, I was like, tell me about birth. And she's like, yeah, like the cord was too short and they just had to use force delivery. And I was like, tell me about that. And dad like starts shaking his head, almost drew a tear in his eye because it was like, it was fucking gnarly, man. He's like, it was so scary. I was like, yeah. And that's medically necessary. You take those tools and put that around your five and seven year olds now. And they, you're going to the cops, like you're going to get arrested. But that's something that is, and that's not me saying that's not medically necessary. That's not me saying that that doctor is a terrible doctor. That's me saying that's just their journey. Right. And most uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to say, no, fuck that. It's not necessary, but you've already educated me. The, pro- the, the it, When it gets to that point, it might be necessary. They needed to see you or someone else. The second they started having unprotected sex. <laughs> that, that, that is right. That, the that second is, you start that journey of, 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 of mating with someone, you should probably, you should probably start looking into this stuff. We just did a whole kind of rebrand, kind of mission, vision, purpose, values. And, and we talked through two, two um, general ideal clients that come to our practice. One is that preconception couple. They're about, they're like maybe six months to a year out from having a baby. Maybe they're crossroaders. Maybe they're into this kind of movement of health, but they're just like, I don't know about birth. I don't really know about this whole, pre- I read the books, listen to the podcast, but I don't really have a team. Do I listen to my insurance? I got a lot of fear. Yeah, listen to them. (laughs) You have no idea. Call your state farm guy. But that's what people do. I understand. I was there. I'm telling you, I was there. Yeah, right. And so so we just had a couple come in who they met me at a county supervisor's meeting. We're speaking out about all the lockdowns and stuff. And they're like, they came in because they wanted to get healthy. And then like a lot of couples do, they like, pause, hesitate, kind of smile. And they're like, we got to tell you something. I'm like, when do you do? Right. I already know what they're going to tell me. And then they listed off all the things they are afraid about. And I said, I think you're listing out all the things that are from the conventional obstetrical model. Do you want those? And they're like, like they paused and they're like, wait, we could, we don't have to have those. So I was like, let's go. Like we have a lot of, we have a lot to learn. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a resource and I'm happy to invite other people to be a part of your team. And now they, they're, they're moving to Texas now, but which everybody's moved to Texas, but they already have midwives. They already have doulas. They already have education teams. They already have people prepared to meet them in Texas and they have no fear around this process because mom is starting to realize everything that I've known innately about 
my own kind of wisdom in my body, how I'm made and programmed and designed and how women have done this for eons of time fell into place because now I have the right people on my team. Whereas before she was just like, I'm so scared. I don't like, what's an ultrasound. I'm like, let's talk about that. Right. Yeah. What's, what is this amniocentesis? I'm like, let's talk about that. Do you want those? You're like, I don't think. Is that the thing where they poke the baby with the needle while he's in, while it's in the stomach? Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially they disrupt the the, the horror stories around that. Even in my own circle of friends is crazy. It's crazy. It's truly crazy. Just to give you a little background, so I, I, uh, my wife was thirty nine. I was forty three. We were had been to, we weren't married, but we've been together for twenty years. We knew we would never get married. We knew we would never have kids. She started hanging out with some women who were breastfeeding. She's like, "Hey, I, I want to do that." I was like, "All right, cool." She got pregnant. We had the she got pregnant, and we started going to a birthing class. And we went to this birthing class, and I, we were committed to the hospital, right? Because that's yeah. the safest way. Of course, and we were doing this birthing class, and it was three hours. It was um hypnobirthing or something like that. It was three hours a day for nine, for uh, one day a week for nine weeks. And about in the sixth week, the lady who runs the class comes over and goes, Hey, uh, um, you guys don't want a hospital birth. I'm like, yeah, we do. She's like, no, I'm listening to you. You don't. I'm like, no, I do. We want the safest birth. We're not some fucking, I know we live in Berkeley, but we're not some fucking dirt twirlers. I want to be in a fucking bed with the best surgeons in the world around us. She said, okay. Then by the end of the class, after a few appointments with the OGBYN, I realized, oh, this lady doesn't give a shit about us, this OGBYN. Yeah. The birthing co- coach teacher, and she said something in that class that blew me away. She said that a woman could give birth, a dead woman could basically give birth. A woman who's completely unconscious could give birth because of the they chemical. Used to do that. Yeah, because yeah. of the chemical reactions in the body, a woman's body will just push out a baby with no, the, with if the woman's just completely gets out of the way. And as she started saying that, and the OGBYN started telling me what we had to do before mm-hmm. the birth, I was like, wait a second. And my wife ended up just having this baby with some uh, doulas and midwives just on the floor in our living room. And at that point, I realized, and I don't say this with any jokingness or any exaggeration, the true brave people are not the people who have home births, but those of you who have a birth in a hospital. Because Mm -hmm. my wife got to have the baby and then go to her bed and cuddle with the baby for a fucking month. You took that baby and put it in a car seat? I, The thought of my baby being put in a car seat or a stroller Mm -hmm. anywhere near its birth is – Speak my language, man. It seems seems vile. Yeah. Seems, I mean, it seems absolutely vile. That that's an off. That's a piece of all. That's a piece of plastic that's off gassing and all this shit. I, I mean, no one ever preached that shit to me. I didn't have, but right. I just saw it with my own eyes. I was like, oh my goodness, this thing can't go in a car and hear the rumbling of an engine and get put. Clo- you can't put clothes on this thing. This thing's skin is like talking to the world right now. Oh my goodness! Right? I mean, it was. It's it's, it's, exactly it's nuts. It. I mean, so when I hear you say it's traumatic, thoughts. I'm like, yeah, they. it's not just the torquing on the neck and stuff. Yeah. You're born onto some sheets that have been soaked in bleach just 24 hours before. I mean, I just – it's nuts. I mean the level of EMF intrusion, the level of t- like techno- technology, the the fluorescent lights, the fact like – The there's lights. A, there's an OBGYN in France named Michel Odant. He's in his – I think he's pushing his 90s now. And he talks about how um, – two things. He talks about how – we are epigenetically programming out 
of our species. What's that mean epigenetically? Sorry. Epigenetically means that our environment, the way that our environment codes our, our life experience codes our genes to express health or disease, right? Okay. And so because in some countries, some hospitals, 90% C-section rate all planned because everybody wants to just make it, make it yep, easy. Yep. They want to schedule Most it. Most of my friends did that. Home, yep. Right. Yep. And so we are, we are environmentally because of the deficiency of vaginal delivery of successful vaginal deliveries, we are programming out of our species, the ability to actually have babies normally. That's that's one thing he's talking about. The I other so thing he talks it. about. The other thing he talks about is that. So it's 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 home birth is one thing. Have you heard of unassisted or free birth? Just where the woman does it on her own. Does it on her own? Mom, yeah, mom and dad. Yeah. Yep. So 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 the free birth society, indie birth. A lot of these women are teaching women how to have babies essentially unattended. And and Doctor Odon Michelle Odon actually says that that. From a, from a microbiome perspective, if you hand the baby to someone that is not mom or dad or in the home and household, their microbiome immediately gets programmed differently and it changes their health trajectory dramatically just by being by someone different being there. And so it's an interesting, it's, I, I appreciate starting this way because this to me is at the root of virtually everything that we've seen over the last two years. But it comes down to, like I was talking about, the babies that come through my practice and the babies that come to my practice are so vastly functionally different that, one, we don't know what normal is anymore. And so most pediatricians have no concept what an optimally functioning newborn looks like anymore. And on the opposite end is when you fast forward that, one year, five years, 10 years, 20, 30 years, and that family's procreating again, right? We don't, we, the, the, the statistics in America are one in six, one in seven couples are having issues with fertility. And if you are, I, I'm, I'm, I'm compassionate to that for your listeners, but it's not just women, FYI, it's actually 50-50 because people are so unhealthy that from another kind of evolutionary biological perspective, we just aren't healthy enough hosts, right? And so from 80% of our adult population that has one chronic illness, comorbid condition, 55% as two, 20% as three, and you look at COVID, right? God, that, Average, that seems that seems low to me, doctor. It, it Well, I say that. Yeah. Me going to the World Health Assembly in 2011. That's 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 10 years. Those those statistics are 10 years ago. 10 years old. 10 years old. And children, 10-year-old study, 54%, one in half, one, oh, one in two of our goodness. kids has a chronic illness today. And so for us, it's not just about the disease, it's also the quality of life that these people that have these challenges that are lassoed to the pharma system and the medical complex that they have no possible chance of exiting, but they have no possible chance of actually healing unless they run into like, like some, for some people saving grace is finding a CrossFit gym where they actually just start to learn about the whole environmental aspect, maybe even go branch off into paleo paleolithic understanding of just how we're so vastly different than how our genes are expecting our environment to be. And they have this, possibility to exit the system because before i would say chiropractic offices were primarily one of the few places where they'd be like wow i don't need to have this 
Like I could actually come off my drugs. I could actually have a different opportunity of understanding what health is. And now we see this complete boom, right? We see this boom of this natural health industry that I'm grateful for. Like people are competitive and things like that. I don't care how you find your way out. Find your way out of the system because that not only saves you, but when you have a kid and you don't raise them in the system, man, you see, like I, I, that's one of the reasons why I accepted um, your invitation is I saw your Instagram page with your sons. Yeah. Like I was so inspired by that because they're everything to me. They're everything to me. We need more dads. We need more dads in this movement to recognize that it ain't just about protecting and providing. It's what are we protecting and providing me? Most people don't know that I'm vocal, not because I care about freedom. I do. My friends have died for freedom. I care about speaking out and being vocal because I know what normal is more than most, most practitioners in the world. I would say I have seen more miraculous changes in my practice than most will actually have seen without added stuff into their system. Does that make sense? Because yeah, all yeah. my whole that. thing, yeah. my whole thing is anyone who tells you, you need to add something 99.9999% they're, they're wrong. Whether that's your mental health, physical health, social health, emotional health. If you have social problems, stop asking people for shit. Start to stop wow. thinking about yourself and give the shit. If you have health problems, stop. There's something you need to stop eating. And if you have physical problems, uh, maybe that's the only place where you probably need to do something. You probably need to get up. But, um, the Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, said, "If you're going to, if you're going, and I think this is a huge problem with society, they can't do risk assessment. If you're going to increase your cardiovascular health, you're going to have to put at risk your orthopedic health. You're going to wow. have to put risk to orthopedic wow. calamity. And and I just, you just pointed something out to me. People are always like, uh, oh, chiro- uh, chiropractors are exploding because CrossFitters are injuring themselves. Well, I'll tell you this: Would you rather be a CrossFitter that goes to a chiropractor?" Or would you rather be a couch potato and a, and a, and a donut um, eating Coca-Cola drinking um, vi- uh, visitor in the rotation to hospitals? Hospitals are like prisons. Once you get in there, you're in the yeah, system. Yeah. I'll take going to uh, Dr. Stanton Hom over going to the guy at Kaiser any day. So it, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's, it's really amazing. I want to point out some things uh, that you said that maybe realize I need to make sure I point out. Uh, Dr. Hom went to um, West Point. Uh, what made me think of that is just the fact that you said you had your friends die for their freedom. And he's also done something that we haven't even touched upon, and it's why um, he popped up on my radar. He's put his whole life on the line um, by speaking up in, term, in, in this time of cancel culture. And it is extremely, extremely scary. I had no choice. I was just canceled. So like, if I was going to speak, it was going to be from there. He was not canceled. And he decided to speak up. Well, I'm sure a ton of his colleagues just kept their heads down low and kept doing their job. And you talked about it um, with uh, um, the birth fit lady, um, Lindsay Cantu. Lindsay Matthews. Matthews, Lindsay Matthews. Matthews. How did you guys uh, reference it? Um, it, uh, It's scary to speak against the narrative and say the truth. So, so can you tell me about that for you? When, what was the first thing that you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to speak up. For oh man, this is and was a, it scary? I don't mean to, to mischaracterize. You. I, w- I would say I would say it is. I would yeah. say there is a certain level of fear, even now, even now, two years into this like kind of craziness, right? Because you need to make money to feed your family, right? I mean, that's basically what it comes. I mean, down to. a calculable a calculable business entity in my planning is 
attrition now. And attrition, not because people don't like what I say, but attrition in California means that the greatest number of medical refugees that exist in America today are coming from California. Like we are literally flooding out of the state because kids can't go to school because all sorts of different, I mean, you shouldn't, shouldn't be going to school anyway, toxic environments, but right. literally like Texas, I was sharing a story about Texas yesterday. A patient was telling me about Franklin, Tennessee, another telling me about Idaho. Cause they have a, they have a home in, um, in uh, an area in North Idaho. Everybody's going somewhere. It's a calculable, it's an increase dramatically. And so I've been speaking out in my office, knee to knee with moms and dads, some dads, very small percentage of dads uh, for 11 years. Right. And, and so. Yeah. And that's with me too. My wife, my wife, I thought my wife was batshit crazy. She read dissolving illusions. She's like, we're not getting our kids vaccinated. I'm like, are you fucking nuts? We're not one of those people, but, but dissolving illusions by Suzanne Humphreys is one of the best books. And Suzanne Humphreys is a meaner. My wife is a meaner. And so tribute to Maine because Maine is shifting its energy in a really powerful way too. But that book, in my opinion, is the number one book that I recommend. Okay, we're going to come back to that. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Uh, You were talking about risk. I just wanted to say, and then you said women are the ones who come to my office, and it's true. My my wife led the way on that shit. Thank God for her. And so I've been speaking out one-on-one, and I've done vaccine workshops virtually monthly since I've been in practice. I myself, had, wow. I was part of the, the whole ramp up for Iraq, so I got the smallpox vaccine. So I'm kind of stoked that this whole thing about monkeypox is coming out. I don't know if you're hearing that. I'm like, oh, I just saw it today. I just saw it. What is it? it? They're just, it's the next thing. They're dropping okay. seeds about the next thing. You know, the U.S. just bought millions of doses of smallpox vaccine because they're, they're, they're just talking about the next potential pandemic at this point. Right. And so I had four comorbidity, four chronic illnesses by the time I was 26 and I was getting out of the military and I didn't really even know it. I could, what were they? Can you tell me, uh, chronic gut issues like severe IBS, severe, probably borderline autoimmune Uh constipation, diarrhea, um, PTSD. Okay. Chronic pain that I just, essentially vitamin Motrin and working out push through and then severe like skin inflammatory issues. Like I used to get boils on my skin that, I mean, you could ask my, you could ask my, like my brother, cause I used to, he was a chiropractor, a young chiropractor at the time I take pictures of things. He'd be like, dude, what is that? That's crazy. You know? And so yeah. like, for these things going on, military medicine, sign all my papers saying you're, you have a clean bill of health, go out into the world. You're, you're healthy as a clam. And when I got out, I moved here to San Diego and my brother was in his third year of practice. He had already sent me Joe Mercola's total health book. He had already um, given me a book on chiropractic acupuncture, started, you know, really understanding nutrition. Um, but he said, come to my office. And he did his workup with me, made some recommendations. And in six weeks of full lifestyle transformation, whether it's breath work, yoga, grounding, surfing, sometimes three or four times a day, um, meditation, uh, diet adjustments, nutrition was already like, like you should talk to my roommates in the military. Like we were in central Texas. The only whole foods at the time was in Austin, Texas. I would drive to an hour and a half for food for produce. And I was already starting into that understanding what paleo nutrition was back then. And my roommates hated it because it was more expensive. And then within like six weeks, they're like, dude, this is like one of the best tasting, but like it's the best food that I've ever had. So nutrition was already a a really powerful habit for me. And so 
yeah, six weeks into getting adjusted and all this lifestyle change, I felt like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you push that Nintendo reset button, the whole screen starts over and six months, my brother was like, dude, I think you're the healthiest patient in my practice. And a lot of that stuff just peeled away dramatically. And so for me, he gave me a book called vaccine a by Gary Matsumoto. And that was about the anthrax program. Oh man. And the anthrax program is not arguable. It's actually classified as an ex- full on experimental program that they still give to soldiers today deploying. And I read up on it and I was like, dude, from squalene to adjuvants to all sorts of different things. I was like, man, the fallout from this is what I was already experiencing in my twenties. I felt my body heal it by eating well, moving well, thinking well, chiropractic, all the different self-healing things that I did, which were, you know, now they're all called biohacks, right? And it was inarguable. It was inarguable for me. So I went into practice and I, I went into, I went to school, was inspired to go to school, was already kind of speaking out on campus. They said, there's, we had a public health class. There's no debate about vaccines. Like at the beginning of the course, we got to that day and I brought all my resources and I said, why won't you medical doctors who have 30, 40 years of education and you're my teacher, you're our professors, some of you have tenure and you're not going to have a debate. Like, let's have a debate. And we had a debate and I, and there was no touching. Like, there's no way that they could even come close to what I had as far as the research and information. And then um, fast forward that into practice. And I've been speaking out since so when it came down to 2020. I didn't believe it at first because I just said, this is not going to be anything like our bodies. And that's the fear piece, thing. right? Yeah, that's the fear piece. I didn't want. I didn't want my wife. I, I didn't want. I didn't want to tell anyone that my kids weren't vaccinated for the longest time, I, until COVID came out. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I was like proud. I was like, "There's, there's no way my kids are getting that." And then people would ask me, "Well, do they have the other vaccines?" I'd be like, "Uh, no." At first, yeah. I was like, I was all shy and shit about it. Yeah. But then I did question? a tiny bit of. Sorry, go ahead. Do 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 your kids? Have you ever told your kids like, "Hey, don't tell people that you're, you're unvaccinated"? No. No, yeah. I would. I don't. I, I don't put any weight on them. They've never it's, worn a mask. They don't. Yeah. I don't put any pressure on them. That well, kind of pressure. The reason why I ask because you're in California. Is right. that some kids? I mean, we're talking about people being like some kids being bullied. You yeah. Know, for the COVID one, but they've been. The kids have been been bullied in California for years. Yes, and I'm so sure. That's the reason I asked about that. Just my kids are totally out of that. Um, you know, I have two five-year-olds and a seven-year-old. They yeah. basically – they're in the jiu-jitsu community almost full-time. They're in the tennis awesome. community, which is a, a little more batshit crazy. Like the, the, my kids were the only ones who didn't wear masks. Djokovic, man. Yeah, Djokovic. Yeah, he's a good dude. I know. I was proud. And then uh, um, and then they do the skateboarding scene. So the skateboarding scene and the jiu-jitsu scene are kind of like – Yeah. You yeah. know, like yeah. everyone's just laughing at it. Uh, I do understand if you're 100 pounds overweight – and you smoke a jewel, which I think is a pretty common uh, demographic. I do understand your fear of COVID. Right. I, I do. Um, you're, you are going to die prematurely already. And now the wind is blowing and you're on the tightrope and you're like, oh, shit. But but like my, my it, it, yeah. So um, so so you went out. Did you lose any clients when you started speaking out like this? We lost, I want to say, about a third. Wow. And, and that's and, huge. So it was we, scary as shit. It was, but I mean, I was just on Steve Kirsch's podcast and he's like, but you teach and you speak out anyway. So I'm like, yeah, cause I couldn't sleep at night. 
Like that, that's really what got me more than anything as far as like the fear. Like there was, of course it was scary. At the beginning, I didn't really talk about shots. I didn't really talk about lockdowns as much as I talked about guarding your heart, your mind, and your soul from the level of fear and anxiety that was coming out. And that alone made people like leave my practice because I was like, well, okay, if you're, if you're already triggered by, by fear, but then I started to call the shots. I started to call the shots about shots. I started to call the shots about how masks are essentially the, the gateway drug into all of it. Right. If you accept for masks, sure. Right. I'm so then, against masks. Mass spread fear. They tell everyone around you. A study oh, just man. came out of Japan. I don't know if you saw it. Just came out now. And I've been saying it from day one. Mm-hmm. If you wear a mask, you are complicit in spreading the problem. They're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Oh, yes. You're telling everyone you're scared and that there's something to be scared of for sure. And 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 so with with regard to, to that, like I took that from like at the time of COVID, right? Like the beginning of COVID. My kid was seven months. She's almost three now. Wow. Yeah. Seven months. She was barely doing tummy time in my office. She was just getting into almost like that kind of four legged position. And I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice. Like, am I going to, is this office, her second home, my second home going to be a place where we promote any of this, like any, like, are we going to be open to any of this? And we said, no. So we lost tenants. A naturopath cornered me in my office and said, it's the law it's playing. And I was like, it's not. And you know, you, you, you know what I know. I was like, you know what this will do to people's physiology. You know what it's going to do to their mental state. And for me, the data that I started to read right away was that by three months, babies have a visual acuity to be able to decipher, uh, like, what's your native tongue? Ar- uh, Armenian and Armenian, then I learned English right. when I was yeah. around four so, or five. So, yep. so your kids by three months of age would be able to decipher Armenian and English just by looking at a at mouth and lip reading. At birth, babies do wow. this, right? You've had three kids. Like you, you see babies, like you make a face, you turn your head. They mimic your facial expressions because from day one, they are already using their mirror neurons to understand the world and nothing is more important in the world than a baby's parent and who's holding them, right? right. We have some call. I have a colleague out of um, Redlands who was telling me about a patient who was a nurse who was around COVID patients. And she had a baby at the beginning of the whole, whole lockdown. She was in the COVID ward. So her safest thing to do was to not see her kid for a year. So she sent her kid to her grandma for a year. And so that to some people is more safe and normal than everything else. And so for Wait, me, she was I afraid that, that she would give the kid COVID. She was afraid that she'd give her kid COVID. So she, did she not see the studies on that? There well, were no deaths. It, it, yeah, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter to her because it was, it was, it was safer, right? It was her being more responsible, a more responsible parent, not letting her kids see mom than, uh, given the baby COVID. Right? That's like wearing a seatbelt when you go to bed at night <laughs> in case a car comes in your house. Like so, what? How so is that even? I mean, that's a mental illness, right? You, you, you see. So, so, so let's say there were, let's say there were a hundred deaths out of uh, 200 million kids in the world in the first year from COVID at that point, it's a statistical anomaly. Um, right. Even the CDC was saying that they had to have leukemia or worse. Um, right. and, and, and then, and then CNN would show a 16 year old boy, the healthy boy that died, but he was clearly 450 pounds. He was so fat. His ears were missing. It, you, this is someone in a hospital. Can't just be like, well, shit, this is, 
I need my kid to get this so they don't have to worry about it when they're 80. She couldn't even put that together. She couldn't do it, man. I, I mean, it's mind boggling. And to then me. that's what's promulgated. That's promoted as, as acceptable. That's promoted as responsible. That person's not getting censored. That person's not getting deplatformed like I did twice. Right. And so twice me, you have three, you have five Instagram accounts, right? Yeah, because they crushed my third account. And then they, like, as I was ramping up for one of our live events for four, my fourth account, they crushed that account. So I just let them go. And then for some reason, my third account revived over the last six months or so. And I did so because I just promote, I, I just push onto that one now because it's so much more active, but that, that one's starting to go as of now. Right. You have a 3.0, a 4.0, a 5.0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're and so, worried about Elon buying Twitter. What are they? At, what is going on with our with our with our cohort? These are our brothers and sisters. Yeah, I mean they're they're just completely bought in, right? And so for me, I had patients who were um, at the time, like now, I would say three quarters or more of our patients are are committed to home birth. But two years ago, I would say maybe twenty five percent were. Right. How do they pay for it? That's the biggest pushback I get back uh, that I get from people. Oh, it's too expensive. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it did cost us, I want to say 15 grand, 12 grand, maybe for the first baby. And then it was illegal to have the twins at home in the state of California, but, but we did it anyway. And that you just pretend like you only know there's one in there. And I think that was, (laughs) I think that was 15 grand. Dr. Stuart Fishbein is the guy you need to know. He's the, he's, he's uh, episode two or three on my podcast. And he is, he is a, obstetrician, 24 years, conventional, 10 plus years, home birth only. And he specializes in breach and twins. Well, oh, what's his, what's, what's his, what's the name of your podcast? My, my podcast name is future generations. Okay. And what was his name? Stuart Fishbein. Eight is he in California focuses on LA orange County. Wow. He, he's, he, he is, he is on a jail. <laughs> he's going to jail well, that's that's one of the things i asked him during his interview i said who's who's training behind you he's like i currently have no apprentices although i've sound, i've since then met two and so i'm still oh possibility right okay and he might be staying quiet like my wife's gonna kill me no he's he's vocal he's he's been vocal about vaccines he's been vocal about the lockdown he's been vocal about a lot of things and so um so for me the reason why i bring up birth is uh in California, in San Diego, in California, like at some point, husbands weren't allowed, doulas weren't allowed. You had to wear a mask in front of your baby. You had to be tested negative before you'd be reunited with your baby. You couldn't act out of certain things. And so for me, it became essential for me to speak out because I saw my community, the birthing community, midwives, home birth, pushing the shot, midwives, home birth, saying at your birth at home, your toddlers aren't allowed to be there. Like they're making restrictions in my patients' homes. And so I started to speak out because I was the only one that actually, one, knew what I knew, but then also um, that in my opinion, either either people were lost and bought in, or they were they were completely silent. The other reason why I speak out is I'm a, I'm a chiropractor. I'm a vitalistic, philosophically based chiropractor. I believe that the body is self healing in so radical ways that 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 most people would be very very concerned about my safety. But chiropractors, most people don't know this. In the in the fifties, uh, the AMA had this contain and eliminate strategy on chiropractic. They created a commission on quackery where they wanted to extinguish 
all of natural health and we were the most vocal at the time. They lost in the Supreme Court, Wilk versus the AMA trial. They lost, um, the AMA lost to chiropractic and they were found guilty. They were found guilty of an illegal boycott. And most people don't know that. What year was that? In um, the 80s. Crazy. So there was a there was a contain and eliminate strategy. There was a um, back in the day, like in the in the 20s, they used to give um, new graduates, new medical school graduates. They called them quack packs. Quack wasn't really a word until chiropractic promote until they promoted it through chiropractic. Hundreds of chiropractors were jailed thousands of times for practicing medicine without a license, and. Back in early, like early 1900s, chiropractors were actually being shipped to specific areas of the world to cause, let, like, caused lawsuits. So that in that particular region of the world, they would define chiropractic as a separate and distinct, philosophically different health approach. And so for me, my root is because I have generations of chiropractors who have been jailed because we can practice the way they do. Most people think chiropractic is about back pain. Most people think chiropractic yeah. is about sports medicine and, yes, yes, and, and yes. CrossFit, right? But Totally. That's all I thought it was until you're just telling me right now. Chiropractic is about um, the fact that I could put my, my practice's studies against any conventional OB today, today. And say, how many had a successful vaginal delivery? How many had zero interventions? How many had successful, like all the different statistics? And it would be black and white, our outcomes versus a conventional obstetrical model outcome. Because their model would be reflective of what their hospital policy is, whatever they allow, right? Whatever interventions they allow. So the other aspect is, for me, my practice model is the nonverbal child that has been injured by a shot saying, I love you to its twin for the first time, right? It's my, in my practice, it's about the chronic autoimmune stuff that resolves because they've learned how to create an, a healthy lifestyle and a healthy environment and their nervous system and immune system is found, has found more balance based on adjustments, right? My practice isn't the conventional thought, right? Chiropractic did chiropractors didn't go to jail because of back pain. They didn't go to jail for insurance benefits, they went to jail for the fight that we're in today. And Ben Tapper is pretty much Ben Tapper, um, Dr. Devin Verona, Dr. Billy DeMoss. There's, there's a handful of chiropractors that are speaking out today. And it drives me crazy because we wouldn't be practicing today if it wasn't for chiropractors who were renegades from the very beginning, speaking out, calling out the medical model for what it has been. And if they were successful and brave, then we wouldn't be where we are today. It was literally a calculated response to extinguish natural health care, and they almost did it. But the problem is for them is you can't extinguish the truth. You just can't. The truth is one of those things that will, if there are no chiropractors alive, if there are no natural providers, there's no CrossFit alive, life itself will continue on. The brilliance and beauty and the infinite wisdom of life itself will carry on, and someone We'll be able to create a model around it and it will, it will continue, but I won't let it in my world. I won't let it die out because it's about my kid, man. It's about my kids. Our kids are going to, are going to carry this flag and they don't even know it yet. Yours may mine are too young, right? Mine's 12 weeks and, and three years old.
you know they're just they started they're, they're starting to get it yeah. my kid doesn't even want to play tennis with his shoes on um, <laughs> you you think in this podcast you did with miss matthews um who's also on my podcast yeah. an, an incredible human being um you think that the bad guys know what they're I doing do. i do and and that I don't know if and, and most of my cohort and the listeners on, of my podcast think the bad guys know too. Mm-hmm. I I I I'm just struggling with it. I can't I can't go there. And when I heard you say that, I think that the reason why I can't admit that maybe they know what they're doing because if I did, then it would the the actions that I could take to stop them would grow exponentially. Right, because because if you know someone is doing something bad, if you 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 are kind of like morally more open to stopping them. Like morally, yeah. I have an obligation to treat everyone like they're God. But but if I know they're trying to hurt me, some something changes. The, the game changes. So the blind you, guy stumbles into my yard. I have a I, I cannot shoot him. But the second I know it's a I hundred percent know that it's a guy who came in to hurt my kids. He's 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 dead before he gets on the property. So how I know is before the phrase used to be follow the money, right? Right. It used to be follow the money. You could follow the money into, I just interviewed Scott Jensen, Dr. Scott Jensen. And he, um, he was talking about his book, which is called we're all being played. And he's talking about the big three, big pharma, big tech, and big government, all essentially creating the web. Right. And you can see the people moving between each industry. You can see the money moving between yes. each, each industry. But until the last two years where this isn't new for censorship, right? Censorship isn't new, especially around our movement, the medical freedom, health freedom movement, especially vaccine choice and for consent movement. We've been we've been censored for a long time. But censored and the propaganda is insane because everyone's afraid you're you're afraid to say i was afraid to even look into vaccines because only idiots did that and so and so for me here's here's one piece of evidence on how i know right how i know they know Mm -hmm. is once the shot came out and they started to hear about it affecting women right and just um, and I'm not you mean, you mean from this most recent thing from this uh, SARS-CoV-2 thing? Yes, yes, yes. That shot it okay. started to affect women and it started to affect cycles and it started to affect um, in people who weren't actually given the shot. Like it started to affect people. I don't know if you've heard that. Have you heard yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember I posted so, all about it. People were so angry at me saying so I was you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at the rise in miscarriages. You're looking at all these different things in people who have actually received the shot, but you're hearing about these types of things in people who've not received the shot, right? It's an eerie occurrence, which happened to my family. My wife miscarried a week after a family member stayed with us, freshly, freshly shot it up with the Pfizer. Wow. Literally, I was just on another influencers podcast yesterday, not not yesterday, this week. And I'm not going to say who it is for for privacy, but this is the second time I've heard this, that his two-year-old after grandma and grandpa visited, bled out of her own vagina. And I heard Dr. Larry Pilevsky, a career pediatrician who is one of the most experts, one of the most amazing informed consent medical freedom experts. He said that he lost it when a 23 month old came into his office and was having her period. 
because oh my goodness so here's the thing when that started to happen there were two instagram profiles that were posting that consistently over and over and over and then they were deleted yep and so for me it became follow the censorship because when the pfizer documents came out and they started the show not the recent doc, the early documents that said these are the ways that you could be exposed and one of those avenues of exposure was being around somebody who had gotten the shot we knew they knew more than we could ever fathom because they were deleting the answers. They're leading the, the people Two of my friends, one of who, one of whom her name is Tiffany Parado. He created, she created this uh, movement called my cycle story. And she actually collated and, and compiled enough research about these reactions that she actually is now published. She's a published peer-reviewed PubMed index journal of her survey results that show that unequivocally, not only does it affect it, like affect women and affect their cycles and affect their health, whether you're shot or, or you're shed it upon, that it's literally like it is, it is alarming. It is one of the most crazy, like clinically um, valid things. So for me, once I started to see censorship being strategic, like calculated for very specific ways that certain people were being were what they were communicating and what the exact like adverse reaction was, then, you know, they know, you know, they know what, how bad it could actually be. And, you know, and I, I think I know this too. And this is me just being like, I'm, I don't have the, 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 the perfect end around conclusion to this yet, but I think they know how to help. And that's why they, they, they censored ivermectin. I think that's why they censored HCQ. I think that's why they censored NAC. I think that's why they censored um, Vladimir Zelensky, all these different protocols that came out. And I think that's why they, they like for me, like watching these kids with myocarditis, you know, and watching these kids literally like watching it happen to the kids and the athletes are some of the most obvious things where stellar athletes are just bowling over like in the middle of some sort of sports activity, the top athletes are, are literally collapsing alongside. And, and in my opinion, I think, I think they know the solution too. Um, where was that ivermectin lab that, uh, a factory that burned down? Was that in <sighs> Thailand or Bangladesh? Do you remember that story? Yes, I do. I can't. That shit was it. so weird. <laughs> That's what I mean. Okay, so so when I it's funny, I just typed it in, I put Ivermectin Fire Thailand. It says false claim, two factories producing magnesium. Yeah. But I but so follow the fact check, right? Follow the follow the follow the money was the old narrative, and then it was follow censorship, and then it's follow the the platforming and follow the fact checking. And, and, and then here's the thing, right? So this is in Google, and it says so, – so I'll, I'll pull this up here real quick just to show how just ridiculous uh, this is, um, how ridiculous Google is. Th- the first thing you get is it's a false claim. Okay, let's say that that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, we know this is not true. FDA warns against using animal drug. We, we know ivermectin is not an animal drug. I mean it is an animal drug, but that's not what it is. is. Yeah. So – what what a mess! Uh, the thing when my when my wife uh, when the COVID vaccine came out, I started thinking, okay, maybe my wife was right not getting our kids vaccinated. So I started doing research on meat, and, and of course, the book Dissolving Illusions just mm-hmm. just sitting there. I'm, I could pick it up and read it, but I'm a, I'm do shit my own way, like a knucklehead. I start do, doing research on measles, 
And I find out that only 500 kids in the United States had died from measles every year for the 10 years prior to the measles vaccine coming out. And at that point, I realized those are just statistical anomalies. There's no way to even prove that those kids died from measles. And then I started doing a little more research, and I realized that the kids who are getting measles today are vaccinated. And then I started having friends whose kids had the chicken pox. All, the only people I know who get chicken pox and the measles now are people who are vaccinated. But do you, so, know, do you know what's crazier? What? I'm sure you do. Is Tell it, me. It, is, it, is, it is published in the research that a natural measles – or chickenpox infection, which is funny that you use those two, are preventative of cancers and heart disease. I, you know what? I think I did see that. And I, so then that's and, another and it, reason why for me, that's another reason why I know that they know because what are the two top killers of, what are those two top chronic illnesses that people have? Cancer and heart disease. So just to be clear, there is a, there is a trail. I'll try to say it as, yeah. as gently as I can. That shows that if you get measles naturally and chickenpox naturally and fight them off, in that process of fighting them off, you build an inoculation to certain cancers. The, the, that for many, many, many generations of humanity, that childhood illnesses were always rites of passage. And then you read people like Rudolf Steiner, the founder of Waldorf Education. Essentially, he talks about how they are essential. They are essential for the physical, mental, spiritual development of the human species to actually have a cough, to actually have a skin issue, to have major GI issues at some point in your life, to actually express a level of resilience like you were talking about, right? Like if your kid is in the dirt and she, you know, like they're, they get exposed to certain bugs, you know, that's going to code them for a greater resiliency at some point that to me at this point, I'm looking at it and I say that they even know that by ridding the world of this natural, like, cause the polio, the polio that gets promoted around the world now, that's actually pushing around the world in, in epidemic rates is actually vaccine derived. Right. And that's, I didn't know that's, that. that's unequivocal at this stage. Episode 10, now, episode six on my podcast is my vaccine workshop that I've taught for 11 years. And all the show notes are linked to all the different resources. And one of them talks about polio-derived or vaccine-derived polio is the primary strain of polio. That's That was actually published recently, too. Like, it was, it was brought back out. Listen, people, only if you're caught up on my podcast. Totally. Only sorry, if you're sorry, caught sorry, up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Only if you're caught up. <laughs> I don't care if some few kids have to die. Don't worry. Only think, if I you're caught you up. Way, you have way more reach than I do. Bro. So <laughs> you only. You must listen to these. I'm, so, I'm going to listen to them all so I can harvest so, some guests. So here's the other way, reason why I know. is Were you following the Monsanto trial at all? No. Nope. So the Monsanto trial, which Th I those are the seed, those are the seed people, right? They're, they're the seed people, but they're the glyphosate people, right? They're the people okay. who are making GMO products and, and essentially making products, uh, mainly corn and soy that essentially were resistant to Roundup, right? Okay. And when um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. spoke at a chiropractic conference, I believe in 2018, he basically asked us and he said, if I get $250,000, I will hire another lawyer and I'm going to win. Like he already had enough data 
and enough information to know that he was going to win. We raised 500000 for him. He hired two lawyers and all the lawsuits are pouring in now. When you read the documents. What was that guy's name again? Sorry. Robert, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, right. Okay. I know who that is. Okay. Yeah. So when you started to read all the documents that um, Monsanto not only knew what the adverse reactions were from Roundup, right? And from all the different GMOs and all the different aspects of things, but that they hired pediatricians and medical experts to lie for them. Like it wasn't just nefarious that they put a product out there, that they were trying to deceive and cover up all of the results. And now at this point, at this point, if you have certain chronic illnesses and you have had major exposure to Roundup, you can be a part of this lawsuit. And so why, why do I know that that's related to this is the one thing that was a saving grace for that roundup case is liability is that you can sue oh. Monsanto, oh. right? Bayer right. bought Monsanto for 60 billion. And then who did, Bayer, who did Bayer, Bayer. pharma company, oh, God. Right? German pharma company, right? I do remember hearing mistake. that. So and Bayer, by the way, they have a very interesting uh, ties to, uh, to our friends to, over or World War II buddies over there with Nazi, the guy with the funny Nazi mustache. Germany. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to get you censored. For no, that. no, I don't care. But, I don't care. But, but but here's the thing: they were held liable. You could sue them, and you can read their documents, and you can see how dark and nefarious they were. These vaccine companies, whether it's the 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 COVID and the EUA products or the Prep Act or anything like that where they have no liability or the childhood shots, the 1986 vaccine, childhood vaccine, national, sorry, national childhood vaccine injury act. Those have liability protection to these pharmaceutical companies that not only can you, not, not only can you not sue, but there's no discovery. Like lawyers can't oh, actually even wow. look, for more, look for the details to actually there's show. There's no how, discovery. There's no discovery. And so there's loopholes that they're finding now that fraud. I know that I know that Children's Health Defense and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. have a case against Merck for the HPV vaccine because of the fraud. That might be a window into discovery, not for the injury, but for the fraud. And 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 they're also the, some, they were the makers of ivermectin too, right? I can't remember Merck. Okay, I can't remember. Right. And so so when you when you recognize that these people are so ridiculously um, they're, they're convicted criminals. These corporations are convicted felons and they have been pharmaceutical industry, right. For multiple gen for like generations of pharma. Right. And at this stage, like they have no liability. So you have to just know they own like the cartels and tech and them now are trying to enslave the populace forever. Right. And that's, that's just how that's, that's, that's where I come from now. Right. So I'm not just fighting for freedom, you know, like my friends did and we did in deployments and things like that. It's recognizing that the war today is not overseas. It's on our devices. Right. It's right here. Right. Like like in California, they're about to pass. Right. They're about to pass SB 866, which is the, um, the minor consent bill. Right. Where they're going to give children in the state of California over the age of 12 the ability to consent to their own shots. And so I tell parents, like, you better be preparing your kids for the marketing, the level of marketing and intrusion that kids will face, whether it's on their devices or whether it's in their schools or whether wherever it's going to come from. If we're not mentally, physically preparing them for this, then 
who are we actually preparing our kids to be for the future? Because the war is not for us. I don't think it's for our generation. I By the way, for- I, I want to say something about Scott Weiner here. I've met him before. You would be so disappointed if your son turned out to be like him. You would be so disappointed. This is not. This is not a man. This is a shell of a man. Wow. This. I, 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 it's. It's. Um. It's not. I'm really, really disappointed. I was just at Disneyland. I was so disappointed in society. I'm so disappointed in humanity. I'm so disappointed in civilization. And this is this is not a good man. This man should not be writing laws about children. Ah, I hear a baby. She's, it's she's getting up, man. <laughs> Tis the life, man. Um, has that has has all of this changed your opinion on other things too, like the Second Amendment? Like, I, like I would have never thought about the importance of owning a gun. In the last two years, I'm like, yep, time to get some guns. Well, it it, it made me realize that it was not a mistake that it was second, right? Right, like right. The first is, you know, freedom of speech, and the first is freedom of assembly and freedom of religion. Then it makes good sense that when somebody tries to steal that away from you, that you have the right to you have the right to bear arms, right? It makes good sense, you know. Do you think things and would have progressed differently? Do you think things would have progressed differently if 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 this country didn't have arms? Do you think that what happened, what we saw happen in um, Australia, would have happened here, or what happened in Canada? I would venture to say that that. That's actually I never really I never really thought about that. I would say yes. I would say yes because especially in California, no, and especially in San Diego, knowing that Gavin Newsom is a member of the World Economic Forum, and knowing that another bad guy, Nathan yeah. Fletcher, the board chair of the County Supervisor of San Diego, is a member of the World Economic Forum. There's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that they that he they is were, that guy's part of the World Economic yes. Forum. Yeah, Nathan Fletcher. Wow. Yeah. Are you freaking out about the WHO stuff? It not seems yet. like science fiction. I can't even get my not head yet. wrapped around it. Not yet, but I'm not surprised because they're trying to supersede all all other governments, right? They're trying to emplace themselves as the authority, the governing authority over over everybody. But that's the thing, man. I think it's like what I the AMA people, tried to do to chiropractors, what the totally. Coca-Cola and the NSCA tried to do um, over CrossFit. It's like they're trying to like re- get some. It's like licensure, but for the world, all the world's governments. Right. Right. So I think for me, yes, because I know that that's the trend, right? It's all going to this globalist type movement. And it's definitely something that that we all have to pay attention to. It's the reason why it's really important to be like you, like we started this conversation about neighbors, like who your small community is and who your tribe is, who the people that you can depend on are not because of, you know, just who you can trust and share sugar with, but who's going to actually come to bat for your kids and your family that if you don't have, then you leave yourself that vulnerable. But that's something that has to happen virtually in every neighborhood at this point, you know, is that you have to find the people that believe what you believe. And this is why sort of for me, I speak out of county supervisors. People are like, oh, they're all bought and sold. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But I meet more people when I'm there. Oh, I right. need more people in my right. neighborhood, in my community. And it actually tells me, like you're saying, where am I going to move? Like it's actually giving me an idea of what communities that I actually want to be a part of at this stage because La Jolla isn't the place that we should be, right? Because right. that's where they'll come first, right? right? And Sanitas is potentially one of those places that they'll come first because they know they don't have guns, right? They know they don't have any pushback. And so, 
Yeah, that that seems to it, yeah, and it, just like none of this shit fo- in Shasta County where they do have a lot of guns and people carry the guns on their side, literally, that this shit didn't fly. They went into their city uh, council and they just fired everyone. And I don't know if you saw that video. They just oh, yeah. said, "Get the fuck out," <laughs> and they just booed it all. <laughs> she's pretty. Uh, she's pretty fired up. Do you need to go? I, I don't want you to. Should I probably should at some point? Okay. I don't want to cut you off too early. I want to leave you with a you know, give no, you an no. opportunity. Um. If I let you go, are you going to come back like sometime? Oh, did, like, did you have well, fun? <laughs> of course I had fun man. So, so here's, here's, here's how I know to kind of, cause sometimes people hear me speak and they're like, man, that was dark, you know? And, and, and here's how I know we win. Right. Okay. Oh because, yes. Tell me. Because on my, on my podcast, I've interviewed a firefighter. I've interviewed nurses. I've interviewed people that I shouldn't know. I shouldn't know you. Right. You're a completely different field. And you have influence in this field that is a massive field. And you know that jujitsu and um, skateboarding and yeah. CrossFit, like you know that these industries are not playing the game. And right. so I know that we're going to win and we have already won because we're collaborating in ways that would have never existed two years mm. ago. And the infrastructure, yeah. like you're saying, from a health perspective, from a mental landscape and resiliency perspective from a spiritual guard your heart and your like your god courage and your god strength and love perspective fast forward 5 10 20 years from now we we can't lose right we just have to step I love up that. now because most of us are a little too afraid to speak out we're a little too afraid to do a lot of the things that we're supposed to do at this stage and we know that we need to step up even further because the war as i was saying isn't overseas it's in our homes. It isn't over. Devices. Oh, right, right. It's it's literally on this technology. They're listening. They're following us right now, right? And so at the end of the day, it's time for all of us to step up bigger than we ever have before, find the people who are absolutely aligned with us in many, many ways, and start collaborating in real ways that create the communities that we've always wanted for, the businesses that we've always wanted for, the the things we've never even imagined or created before, which I imagine you are at the, at work with like those things, the ideas that came up in the last years are because of the level of tyranny. And so let's also fast forward the fact that those people are going to continue to have chronic illness. They're going to continue their genocidal practices and continue to cause infertility and all these other aspects of things that they don't realize that they're in game. They're killing their own resource. They're killing their own ability to actually do the thing and forward the tyranny because we're going to be far outmatching them in every aspect of things. And so those are two ways that I know that we're going to win. You said you use this phrase I'd never heard before. I do believe that we're all mirrors here, but you use the phrase mirror neurons. And in just now I realized that there's things my, my wife was never going to have kids, but she mirrored the women around us. Um, now that we've pulled our kids out of school, five of our friends have now pulled their kids out of school. And so and, and we're all scared. How are we going to homeschool? But it's only scary for a minute. And then it just becomes normal. Nothing's more scary than when you first have the baby. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, you're like, fuck, it's like it's always been here. Right. Like literally There's you no get over it like policy, in 10 minutes. Right? Say it again. Right. There's no return policy. Right? Yeah. You have the and kid. You're terrified. The The midwife leaves and you're like, oh, it's always been here. And you just yeah. get in where you fit in and you do your stuff. It's really like that with homeschooling. Um, yeah. Thank you for being on the show. I'm, I'm de- for having uh, me, Um. 
it, that podcast where you talk about vaccines, what do you remember what number that is? Episode six. Okay, episode six. Please, everyone, go check that out. Just give it a chance. It's the Future Generations podcast with Dr. Stanton Hom, episode six. And forgive Brother, me, that's like two years ago, so it's not as I, I probably need to re-record it because I could probably speak a lot better than I did, than I did well, back then. But it's all good. It's all the you are an amazing speaker, that. and um. I will uh, give you um, twelve weeks. Um, uh, what's that called when you when you get to raise your kid for the business? Get what's that called? Um, what's what's that called? That thing that that women get with the, when they get to take care of their kids for oh, twelve maternity weeks. Leave? Yeah, I'm going to give you twelve yeah. weeks maternity leave, Doctor Stanton. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and then I'm going to bug you to have you back on again. Hey, man, I'm happy. I'm happy to be on, and I'm grateful to be you know a part of a new community because I know that we all just need to kind of start inter integrating a lot more. And honestly, this is like this is it. We shouldn't know each other. Yep. They didn't realize that their own tech is going to be used against them. They didn't realize that their own like models of things, we were going to not just create our own entities, but we were going to create them in far more powerful ways than they could ever even imagine. And so I appreciate awesome. you doing this and I appreciate all the work that you're doing too, man. Awesome. Thanks from all the parents out there for fighting right, on the front line. Ciao.